hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Hi, thanks again for listening to another episode of Queer Money. We really appreciate your support. And as always, subscribe to the show on iTunes. This week, we have an awesome show prepared for you. We're interviewing a guest who's done something that most of us think about, but many of us have actually never done, and that is switch careers. He did that recently, and he has four steps that he shares with us that made his switch much more simple. So because so many of us think about this, but don't actually do it, we thought this would be a great subject for Queer Money. As always, remember you can join the Facebook Queer Money group and get the newsletter at queermoney.net. Thanks again, and let's get on with this great show. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. Okay, let's see if this card goes through for that $8,000 drink. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody wants to be a part of the in-crowd. Everybody wants to to look good. My my decision was, I'm not a victim. I'm not going to stay and work someplace where this is a problem. Normally, we don't drink on queer money, but because we're talking about a subject that David is rather vanilla on... Grab a glass of wine, because you're listening to Queer Money with the Debt-Free Guys. This is the only show helping our community do more and be more by talking about money from the queer perspective. All right, thank you again for joining us for another episode of Queer Money. I'm David, and uh, this is John, John. and uh, we have a a great episode again for you this week. Uh, This week, we're interviewing an individual who's made some significant changes in his life recently, and uh, we want to talk about those changes and how they may be able to help you if you're going through similar changes and thinking about maybe changing your career. So let's go ahead and get started. We'll uh, introduce our guest. So we've got Brian Thompson. Uh, he, Brian Thompson is, uh, I guess, formerly uh, a tax attorney, and he's now becoming a financial advisor. Um, Brian is a member of uh, the Queer Money community, and if you're not a member of the Queer Money community, please uh, join us on Facebook. But um, we got word that Brian was making a career change, and I thought this was a very interesting topic to, to discuss because, um, you know, I just did some research recently, and about 60% of those in the 20-year-old demographic already want to make a career change, which is so soon after graduating college. I mean, in theory, they're not even in their careers for about 10 years. Um, And then even uh, just recently as well, about 73% of those in their 30s want to make a career change. Um, And there are some obstacles and challenges to that. So um, we wanted to talk to to Brian because he's made that leap. So we wanted to figure out what his thought process was and how he got to where he is. So Brian, if you don't mind, uh, would you mind uh, giving us a quick introduction of who you are and and what it is you're doing? Sure. Yeah. Well, like you said, I was a formal tax tax attorney and former tax attorney. (laughs) And, And I decided after 10 years in practice that I wanted to do something else. My firm was splitting up. The two partners had this falling out. So I felt like it was a really good time for us to me to try something new and for them to, to go their separate ways. And um, so I've been playing really this for about three years. Um, I started blogging three years ago because I wanted to be a part of the movement, a part of the LGBTQ movement with marriage equality and all that. So I, I really got involved at that point and then wanted to just grew my audience and figure out what I really wanted to do for the community itself. And this seemed like a perfect avenue for me, um, given my love of personal finance, my knowledge and my skill set. So yeah, I decided to take the leap. 
Yeah, so, yeah we've, we've, actually, we've actually seen a number of your posts. Uh, let's see, your website is, is btfinancial.com. Yeah, yeah we've seen a number of your, of your posts. And actually, I, I think, I can't remember exactly where I saw it. I think it was maybe you posted something to Twitter, and I saw one of your posts, and that's how we connected. Yeah. And started following each other on Twitter. And yeah. you've had some great posts about the community and various aspects of you know things like marriage or financial planning for our community, which of course John and I are thoroughly involved in. <laughs> so we yeah, appreciate, was, we appreciate it more the merrier in this subject. Oh my gosh, I was so glad to hook up with you guys because I, I I was following you and then I saw that you guys were doing for a while it was more like general stuff and then you, when you switched to the queer focus I was like oh yes this is perfect. Nice. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, I love what you guys do. I love the stories that you share. It's it's a really great thing that you guys are doing right now. Thank, Thank you. you. And likewise. likewise. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think yeah, I think we should maybe let the audience know um, you are married to your husband recently, right? I am. Well, not too recently. It's going to be two years next Tuesday. Oh, gotcha. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, That's pretty cool. So, so you got married. Oh, so it was legal in Illinois before it was legal or before it was, it was. bland, right? Okay. Yeah, it was legal in Illinois starting in June of 2013. Okay. But we couldn't actually get married until June of 2014. And then uh, Ben and I got married in August of 2014. Nice. Gotcha. That's pretty exciting. And you have a unique um, kind of wedding story because both of your mothers, if I understand correctly, <laughs> co-officiated your wedding. Is that? Yeah, they did. <laughs> that is really cool. I mean, when I read that, it was uh, I think it was the New York Times article where you, you and yeah. um, Ben were featured. Um, and when I read that, I was I kind of teared up a little bit. Like, That's yeah, pretty awesome. It's, it's really cool. I think part of the advantage of, of being a part of this community and being a part of the newness of marriage equality is you get to make it whatever you want. Right. right. So we got married in this venue, which is a um, it's a bridge house. It's a bridge house museum. Okay. It's right downtown on Michigan Avenue, and no one's ever had been married there before, so we decided to use the space and um, decided to just create your own wedding, right? You yeah. Just make whatever you want, and our moms being there, our entire family being there, it was such an amazing experience. Yeah, no that's doubt. Awesome. That, that's pretty cool. I like that. So congratulations, um, even Thanks. though it's two years late. Cool. <laughs> uh, you have a two-year anniversary, so yeah. congratulations yeah. for that, too. Right. Um, so I kind of want to take a step back. So um, you... Uh, Got into law. Um, yeah. I guess that you probably made that decision in college, I'm assuming, right? Um, and then you, before you went to, to law school at Boston University? Sure. Well, I, I was sort of fell into it just because I was a philosophy major in college. So I didn't really have a skill set <laughs> of, of anything. And I was like, as I got to my senior year, I was like, oh, well, what am I going to do? I don't really have any skills. And I worked at my college the year after I graduated. And that's where actually I met Ben. Um, we were applying for the same job. I got it. He didn't. Um, Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, my, my rivals, yeah. Right from the start. <laughs> uh, but he was ended, he ended up being there too. And then we were just both trying to decide what to do with our lives. At that point, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And one of my advisors said, oh, well, you should try law school because it's pretty lucrative. And it seems like it's something that you do. It's pretty analytical. And that's my mindset. So um, I applied and went and fell in love with the law. I, I, nice. I also still at that point is pretty in love with personal finance. So I wanted to find a way to mix them both. Um, and I found that in my tax career. Well, yeah. And you're, when you were going through law school, it sounds like you were kind of the freak of the group because you were really good at <laughs> tax law and nobody else was. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a really freak. complicated subject. I love being a freak. I love your freak flag fly, right? Yes, of course. <laughs> So that's, I mean, that's just been a part of my life. And um, yeah, tax is this weird, complicated subject where you get into this tax code that is super long and the books are super thick and 
Um, for some reason, I just clicked with it. It's figuring out, it was a puzzle and then figuring out how the puzzle worked and, and how um, all the pieces come together, came together. It was really, really cool. Yeah. Nice. Well, and so, so the point I'm getting at is it seems like you were, like the universe, your universe was almost pulling you towards like financial advising because you yeah. were weirdly adept at tax law, which <laughs> apparently wasn't, you know, a common thing. But then um, your mother ran into a financial situation after your father passed away. Right. She was sold an annuity um, that wasn't appropriate for her. It made more money for the advice. You've done your research. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, so you being the good son, you were, you know, went, went to help her out and try to, you know, fix it, fix the situation. So it's almost like the universe was pulling you towards being a, an advisor. I, yeah, I, I definitely feel that it's, it's something that I want to do and something that I feel like I'm good at. Mm -hmm. And just the way that my life has been so far, it's led me to this point. Um, I, I really struggled at that point in my life when my dad was dead, he handled all the finances and left my mom a good amount of money and she had no idea what to do. Right. So she ended up buying two cars and getting involved with this financial advisor that was just taking her money. Yeah. Um, I knew that I needed to do something, even though I was the youngest child, I didn't know what to do. I needed to do something. And so I started reading about it and then found it really interesting. And then the more I read, the more involved I got, the more aware I got. And I was like, oh, this is something that I really, really love and really, really like and can benefit mm -hmm. a lot of people. Right. You know, if, if, and that's part of the reason that I became a CFP was because I wanted to be the type of advisor that had to work in the client's best interest. And I'd met so many situations and seen so many situations where that wasn't happening with people who were financial advisors, right? Right. Yeah. It's right. just, I'm glad I've, I've come this far and, and come along on this road. And I feel like I'm in the right place where I need to be right now. Sure. So yeah. when you got your CFP at that point, did you, and the CFP is, is a hard test to take. It's not easy. So it was a very, obviously a del very deliberate decision for you to make. Um, when you got your CFP, did you know that you wanted to go this direction or was this sort of something to, to accentuate what you were doing already in law? Well, so the funny thing about the CFP is I, just got it because I, I thought it'd be interesting to get it. <laughs> okay, you are. Let that freak flag. As a caveat, um, the, the CFP is broken down into, what is it, eight or 12 modules? Oh, well, there's different. It's a two-day test. So, um, yeah, you have to get through all the fundamentals, and then you have to do estate planning, uh, retirement planning, investments, uh, insurance, taxes, and... There's one more, but I think it's six, six or seven. Yeah, uh, yeah and you have, to, you have to have a study requirement. You have to take a two-day test, and you have to have an experience requirement as well. Um, right. So it's really like the height of financial planning professionalism. And I was like, oh, well, this seems interesting. I'm already reading about this stuff anyway, so why don't I just take this course? I took a course through Boston University and found it interesting. They're like, oh, you just take this test. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, at the time, I was still in my legal career, so I was. It's a year-long commitment. It's not like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, Nothing. Who cares? Right. <laughs> what we do for fun is our own business, huh? <laughs> yes. And me spending my time like I would normally spend it. I'd spend it reading about taxes and insurance and how that works, yeah. and that's. I loved it, and and it, it's. Yeah, it was sort of fortuitous, like, oh, now I have this thing that I can use if I want to, but I don't need to use it. Right. And it was never really a plan at that point. Right. So then at that point, it was really just to, 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 to benefit your law career and, and, and was something of interest to you. It right. wasn't necessarily a career path for you. Exactly. 
Sorry. I have a question. You know, so it, it seems to, to me that, and a lot of times people say this, that those who are successful are the ones who get into a career path that they love or they really enjoy. And yeah. from everything that you're saying, you're, you're, you were very analytical about the, the aspect of law that you went into. And as a hobby, you decided to take the CFP. So like John said, it almost is like either you, the universe was pulling you or you were pulling you, you were affirming this or attracting it to you that this is the kind of career that would bring you not only satisfaction, but potentially financial fulfillment. Yeah. And, and that's what sort of my, my parents had always taught me is that you find something that you love and find a way to make it work for you. And um, when I realized those types of things and those types of things about myself, and I got comfortable with being a nerd, <laughs> being somebody that could just be interested in personal finance, and that's okay. Um, yeah, I, I just went with it. And, yeah. um, and and still to this point, you know, that the LGBT thing is fairly new as far as marriage equality and, and the progress that we've made. And I just happened to, to be a part of that community and be a person uh, who could be a voice in that community right. uh, as far as helping out financial with financial advice and um, showing my sharing my story like you guys have shared yours and just tell people that you can do this. Um, there's people like you out there and you can be successful at it. Yeah, right. Exactly. So when did you start to think about making a career change? Uh, well, so the firm, they had the big falling out probably at the end of 2015, somewhere around October. And then they made the definitive decision to split in December. So I was like, at this point, I need to figure out if I'm going to, my, one of the partners was like, come with me, we're going to help build this new firm. And, but I wasn't going to be a partner in the firm. So I thought to myself, well, why would I help you build your own firm if I can do something myself? Right. And so then I started researching and I found the XY Planning Network, which has been a huge help as far as figuring out how a firm works, how you start your own firm, what you need to do, all the compliance things, the, the types of technology that you need to have to get things in order. And a part of it, too, is I was already doing it. Um, there, there were people that I had friends and family that would come to me and say, hey, you're good at this stuff. Can you help me out with this? Sure. Right. Um, so I just started picking up people along the way and thinking, oh, yeah, this is this one. I, I wouldn't charge for most most of the time. I didn't charge just because I didn't need to. I, I was already had a career and I, I thought it was fun. Yeah, sure. So I, I've learned how to advise and I've learned I picked up that all those that skill set along the way. Sure. So it, it's interesting you say this because uh, I think a lot of times individuals who are thinking about a career change um, oftentimes think about the bar some of the barriers to entry are they think about that, that it's so diametrically opposed to what they're doing today, yeah. but they don't necessarily think about what are all the skills that they have today that right. can overlap or benefit them in the career direction that they want to take. You know, if you're, sure. if you're somebody in marketing, but all of a sudden you decide you want to be an artist, well, artists need to market themselves. Exactly. You know? Or right. if you're in communications and you decide you want to become uh, a, a blogger, well, you, you understand that there's communication aspects of that. So yeah. there, there's lots of areas of overlap. So some of the inhibitions that we may have may be, put to rest if we just look at the skill set that we have already. Sure. And, and fear is a powerful thing, right? It mm -hmm. prevents you from doing a lot of stuff. Right. And I'm, I'm a pretty conservative person to begin with. Like I'm, I'm very cautious about what I do and how I proceed with my life, very analytical and, 
and want to take my time. So it took me a while, probably longer than a lot of people, to make the decision to start my own firm. I mean, I'm, I'm 10 years into my career, had a, a pretty big position at my firm. A lot of people said, well, you should have gone and done your own thing five years ago. Right. Um, but it really just took the time for me to feel comfortable. Sure. And everybody has a different comfort level. So it's it's getting over that fear, like you pointed out. But yeah. um, also finding ways to get over that fear and talking to people and, and doing whatever you need to do to make yourself feel comfortable. Right. Yeah, and you you are a very cautious person. How many umbrellas sure. do you have in your house right now? <laughs> <laughs> only two umbrellas, <laughs> but we only we carry them with us at all times. So yeah, let's, let's let's hear a little bit more about this umbrella story. What's going on here? <laughs> so when we were doing the interview, um, Ron was talking, or Ben was talking to Ron about how his house burned down, and he was the only one in his house who had renter's insurance because I convinced him a year and a half ago or a year and a half before the house burned down, that you should have renter's insurance. And so as an analogy to how cautious he is now with those types of things, he pointed out that, oh, yeah, and I, that's why I always carry an umbrella. And Ron was like, that's sort of crazy that you carry an umbrella even if it's going to be 90 degrees outside. <laughs> funny. I was like, oh, yeah, I carry mine too. And he's like, no, you don't. Let me see it. So I, I went over to my bag and opened it up, and, yeah, we just there's so many things you can carry at one time, and an umbrella <laughs> Fit easily in your bags, so right. why not carry it? <laughs> and also, like, I don't really watch the weather, so yeah. it, it prevents it takes one more thing off my table that I need to think about for yeah. the day. That's and that's what a lot of very successful, smart people do is they take the minuscule <laughs> right? uh, decisions <laughs> off of their plate. So I just always have my umbrella in my bag with me, you know, right. to think about it. If it and rains, it, it rains. If it rains, yeah, prepared. you're prepared. <laughs> well, an, an umbrella is it's useful for so many things. It's not just for yeah. covering yourself from the rain. You know, there's you this, parasol. This is a weapon. <laughs> to block yourself from the sun. Fight off dog, dogs that are coming after you. <laughs> Never used it for that yet. But no, no let's hope you don't. Now if a dog know. attacks you, you'll be prepared. Because yeah, David, David told me I can do this. <laughs> what are those, uh, those, uh, those dinosaurs that have the big things that open up to make themselves look bigger. You just give it to the dog. You just all of a sudden, you're, you're all of a sudden massive. The dog gets scared and runs away. <laughs> so I'm going to go back a little bit. So when, when did you make the, the transition from thinking and how did you do it from, I think I might want to make a career change to I'm definitely going to do this. That's a good question. So I, I think, like I said, in December, when I found the XY planning network and I found that the firm was going to split, I I sort of made the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't certain yet, but I started to take steps and taking steps as far as getting the business registered, um, figuring out what steps I needed to take and checking stuff off of the list. Right. And, and so I, I wasn't really committed at that point, but the more I got into it, the more I found out about it and the more I understood that I could really do this and have it be the type of life that I want, look, knowing the stuff that I want and being immersed in the stuff that I want, I felt like it would it'd be a good point. And then as soon as we switched, our firm went from one um, one place to another. And after I made that switch, I was like, all right, it's time to do it. This is yeah. it's So it was, at, it was at that point that you said, I'm going to make the jump because right. they've left and either I got to go with them, go to another law firm or right. find plan C. Right. So it, 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 this is incredibly uh, interesting because Success, a lot of times people say success is the intersection of preparedness and opportunity. Yeah. And you had the opportunity come to you because of the firm splitting, but you were already prepared because it's something you were passionate about. So 
exactly right. Yeah, so we, we have we have nothing but success to look forward to seeing from you. <laughs> I hope so. I'm, yeah. I'm really excited about it. Like even just this first, I took two weeks off. I quit in July 15th and I took two weeks off. And then this is really my first week of like really plowing down and just being able to do what I want during the day and, and really read about the stuff that I want and listen to podcasts that I want and have it be a part of my business. It's nice. so exciting to me. Just like the Queer Money podcast? <laughs> I just guys all the time. <laughs> Thank you. So, but I think this is very interesting because we do talk about luck being the intersection of preparedness and, and opportunity. And I wonder, you know, how many people are working for a company or a law firm, or whatever their, their business, their industry is, that's shutting down or, or moving to a different state or country or whatever, and that would 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 de- become depressed and upset by that and not know what to do. Yeah. But you were prepared because of your interest, because of your curiosity, researching things and reading, whatever the case. I, I don't doubt that even if it wasn't going down to financial planning, I feel like you're the kind of person that would have been able to turn this seeming perceptible loss into an opportunity. Sure. And I, I think I think that's that's very interesting on your outlook and, and your the, what you put forth in, in life. I think the energy that you put forth of, of just being prepared and you, and you saw this as an opportunity and not and not as a reason to, to to sit on the couch and you know watch you know Ellen for the next right. six months, which <laughs> would be fun. <laughs> it would be awesome, but I, I just don't think that that's me, right? I, I always want to be prepared and be ready for whatever. Right. Uh, and a part of that is being having good financial habits. You know, we have money that we can live on while I build the business up. Um, I have the structure in place and have the ability to take my time. And all of that is comforting to me where I know a lot of other people who have started a firm have been a little more frazzled because it it takes a little while to build up and you're not going to have money right away. You're not going to have clients right away. um, And you need to be prepared for that. And if you don't know that going in, you're setting yourself up for disaster. Right. And I come from a compliance background. I used to write ADV, two A's and two B's. Oh my gosh. So (laughs) I know, so I know like what you had to do to get the firm just even started to put your, you know, we're open sign out front wasn't easy. No. Um, So you had to put forth a lot of time and effort just to get that to happen. Right. And I was doing it on the weekends. I was doing it at night because I wanted to do it while I still had a job and didn't feel the pressure to have it go really fast. Right. Um, and the same thing for the website. The website I thought originally was going to take a month or maybe a month and a half and ended up taking two and a half months, which is perfectly fine because I had plenty of time. I had enough um, backing to just let it be what it is. Right. So I think that's another interesting thing. You're waking up early in the morning and working late at night and working on weekends. That's exactly what we've been doing with Debt Free Guys. Um, only recently have I been able to quit um, to focus 100% on it. Um, and you know, it took us three years to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, we just recently talked to Chad Nash, who was talking about how he had to work late, early mornings and late nights and weekends to get his his businesses up and running. And it seems to be a common theme from the people that we talk with who are successful that they're willing to do whatever it takes yeah. to, to make it successful, and they don't limit themselves. I'm not going to do anything other than work between nine and five. Like I'm right. not going to just right. Right. Yeah, well, make it, sacrifices. It, it kind of reminds me of that the Jim Rohn quote where he says, "If you're not willing to risk the, oh, I'm going to I'm going to forget exactly how it goes. If you're not willing to ri- ri- risk the ordinary or doing something out of the ordinary, you can't expect the extraordinary." 
Right. Your life will not be extraordinary if you're not willing to take any sort of risk to be outside of the ordinary. So if you think that you're going to be wildly successful working nine to five for some other company, it's highly unlikely unless you're hopping on the bandwagon of the next Google or something yeah. like that. You know, so there's only a very, you know, the very, very minor number of companies that 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 ends up happening so what efforts are you taking and obviously you're you've taken them to try to put yourself in that position for success yeah, for sure and you guys did the same thing right i right. mean it, it's the, the point of working hard and finding something that you love and thinking okay so what am i going to do to make this help this make me live the life that i want and that's what you guys were talking about before and it's just the motivation and and being able to and it's not going to always go like you want it to I know you guys had a couple of false starts too, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's you just have to be prepared for all that and be ready. And if you really love what you're doing, it, you're going to be okay with that, with okay with failing and okay with pushing back and just because you're going to continue to keep trying. Right. Well, that's what, Mike, that's what Mike McCallowicz talks about is, you know, you, you put yourself on a path, you know, you put the, the boat, the ship on a path and you realize you got to tack one way or the other. And successful people continue to tack one way or the other until they get to their destination. Everybody right. who's successful knows where they are and they know where they want to get to, but it's finding out how to get there is what we're all navigating. And right. until like Lisa Nichols says, you're going to do it because you want it so bad. You want it more than you want oxygen. <laughs> right. Then you're not going to get there. So you have to continue to to, to fight through. This. There are a million times that you know we you know when the, the cameras aren't on or when we're not online. There have been so many situations where David and I have said, "I don't know if I can do this anymore." I think <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, we don't take vacations. We don't have a life. We eat fast food all the time. <laughs> well, no, no, that's not 100% true. <laughs> we, we've had those discussions. Oh and, yeah, right. Compared to compared to our lives leading up to making the change. Right. Uh, you know we. And one of us has had to say, no, we can stick this out. We're so close. Yeah. Think of all the – and what you have to do is focus on all of the good things that have happened, right. all of the people that you've helped or inspired or all the opportunities that you've been given right. and not get, you know, get mired down in the fact that you know, this is the 10th day in a row we've woken up at 4 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys switch who is the motivator and who is the one that's sort of down? Yeah. And has it, it goes back and forth. Right. It, it, I don't, I've said this several times. I don't know if we could have done this. I could have done this without David. Right. Oh, um, I, 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 it's because it's, there have been so many times that I just wanted to give it. There, there, I, there, there was not too long ago, it was only maybe six months ago, where I said to David, I, so I kind of only having a nine to five job sounds very <laughs> peaceful. <laughs> yeah, right. you, know, you know, trying to make all this stuff happen was, was getting really difficult. I was like, I wouldn't mind just going into the office, doing my eight hours and going home and having my weekends again. Right. But, you know, now that we're in the position that we're in, I, I, I'm, I'm even more excited now. So I'm glad that he kind of pulled me out of that bottom. Yeah. <laughs> and you've been off for like a, a month, right, already? Um, so July 8th was my last day at my company. Okay. Um, so it, it's relatively new. And actually, we went to visit my family in Philadelphia um, right after that. And I was there for two weeks. So I was kind of managing the business um, and he was yeah. kind of managing the business. So this week is really, I guess, my first week home. I'm doing this, and so it's been, it's been so just like you. It's been pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> pretty exciting, and it's, it's freeing. You get to do what what you want and and live the life that you want. So I, right. I think that's fantastic. But I work the whole time until David gets home. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes with a glass of wine before David comes home. But yeah, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Last Friday, the boss came in and was like, you know, I saw that wine in the afternoon. So I was like, all right, <laughs> whatever I want right now. I'm down to that. Right. Yeah. So. Okay. I, I have just have a question for you, Brian. Uh, you know, the, the, 
one of the things that we wanted with this show is really to kind of talk about or to share your experience in, in the process of changing. And I think that we mentioned that a lot of people have some fears around that. Um, what do you think are maybe one or two of the big hurdles and, and, and things that you did to overcome that fear that, so that you could say, I'm not, I'm not, this, that these things are not going to stop me. Yeah. Well, I think one that comes to mind right away is security, right? If you don't have a W-2 job, somebody that's paying you even when you're on vacation, that is for a person like me, that's a personality that likes comfort and likes certainty. Um, that was really the scariest thing. I don't know how long it's going to take me to build up a business. Right. I don't know how long it's going to take for me. I mean, we have a life, we have a house, we have, um, luckily my husband works and um, we have plenty of savings, but um, that type of fear of not knowing where money would come from when you're so used to having it on a regular basis was a really scary thing for me. Yeah. And it took us having a lot of savings and knowing that my husband would work and how that would work if I had no income and we had to live off of income, his income. We figured all that out with spreadsheets and it really it took a lot of pushing on my part because he was ready to go. Right. Ben was like, yo, no, we need to do this. We should have done this a little while ago. Let's just go. Oh, interesting. Because <laughs> that was yeah. going to be one of my questions. You know, how did you get Ben on board? But it sounds like he, he was, was on board to begin with. Pushing yeah. <laughs> he was pushing. And I was like, all right, slow down a little bit. You got to you gotta plan for this type of song. And so the planning and the preparation was what made me feel better. Right. And I think that that's what is essential to having a successful launch is planning yeah. and having the right amount of time having the right amount of effort, the right amount of research. It, it's not something that should be taken lightly. Um, I understand that a lot of people want to do it, but it's a hard thing from what I understand and from what I've already experienced. It's hard. Right. And um, if you're prepared and you have the amount of preparation in place, it's going to make things a lot easier for you. Right. Right. Aren't, aren't the things that are hard in life, though, the, the, those are the ones that we find out are worth working for? Right. Uh, they're the ones that exactly. we really right. enjoy the most. What comes easy, oftentimes, we forget about so so easily. Right. And it's because you appreciate how long and how much effort it's taking to get to this point. Yeah. Right. And exactly. being able to reflect and say, all oh, right, I, I remember that this took a lot of work and there were a lot of nights when we didn't wanted to quit. Yeah. And then look at where we are now. I think that's that's really the important part. And that the gratitude that you guys talk about all the time, gratitude and thankfulness, those are all important things. Right. Yeah. So when I think maybe we'll just ask you. Know, if you're thinking about this, if you're considering uh, taking the leap of changing careers and you have fears, we'd love to hear what some of your concerns or worries are. And maybe we can get a conversation started on the Queer Money page or yeah. on, on our Facebook uh, wall, the Deaf Free Guys Facebook wall or Twitter uh, around this whole idea of what can we do to help allay those fears? Uh, we have a lot of individuals that we talk to who are very successful in their own rights, and they're they a part of our community. So if you have any fears, feel free to comment uh, on the Facebook page uh, or the Queer Money Facebook page, uh, or or just send us a tweet, and uh, we'll get that added in and, and respond to you. Absolutely. So thanks, Brian. We appreciate your comments there. Of course. So it sounds like you did a lot of – you analyzed the situation a lot before, and, and probably said – Various goals, one of them being financial goals, before you decided to say this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, I guess one of the hobbies that you you two have on the weekends is to streamline colors in Excel. 
<laughs> well, that's that's my hobby. I'm going to stay far away from that. <laughs> I, I love Excel spreadsheets, and I have them for every aspect of my life, yeah. whether it's tracking my food or tracking my income and expenses, oh, really? um, my workouts. All of that are on Excel spreadsheets. So they're all color-coded, and I don't know. I just I love playing with spreadsheets. I love having data in front of me and having things that I can really analyze and look at. So you're a true analyst. <laughs> sure. Yep. But, yep. but a lot of that, so to me what that says is, is that that's part of the preparation. You know, yeah. you knew what your situation was, you knew where you wanted to get to before you were comfortable taking the leap, and then you did what you had to do to get there. Right. And that's, so that's to me, that's probably one of the big keys for somebody who wants to take the leap is analyze your situation, figure out what you need to do to get to a reasonable comfort level. Don't wait to your till everything's ideal because it's never going to be ideal there's always a sense of fear even when i was leaving at it there was a sense of fear even though i knew we were comfortable with our finances and with him having a job um but definitely you know don't just walk into the office in the spur of the moment one day and say i'm out of here and <laughs> try to start a new career because that's that's when it's scary but if you are prepared for it you get yourself to that point then that's when it can be um you position yourself better for success right right yeah. And I think you actually are, are very right to point out that it's never going to be a perfect time. It, there's always going to be something in the way or something that you probably want to get done better or something just a little bit better. And at some point, you got to take the leap. Right. And that's, right. that's, to me, the other hard part. You would ask the two things that I think were the hardest. The other hard part is being like, all right, well, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and that's also a very scary thing, like going in and telling my boss that, this is it. I know I've been here for nine years, but it's time for me to go. Right. Yeah. And, well, and that's interesting too. It's one of the questions I had is you, know, you obviously had a support system throughout your, your last nine years, um, yeah. both familial and, and employer employment. Um, how did your family and how did your colleagues and coworkers um, support this change? Everybody's been super positive and super supportive. Um, I'm very lucky to have a lot of good people around me. Um, especially my husband, who is always motivated and always behind me and always willing to say, yes, you can do it. You can do it. I believe in you. And um, those types of things help tremendously. And even though, like, I still, when I hear people say, you can do it, you can do it, I, I'm still cautious. Like, I want to recoil back. But um, it, it's, it helps having positive people and having people, like, when my website launched, having people share it and say how proud they were of me. Those types of things feel good. Right. Yeah, it's, definitely, right. it's true. You, one of, it's one of the things that we recommend in our book, The Four Principles of a Debt-Free Life, is at the very beginning is to get somebody who can be a part of your support system, you know, yeah. whether that's a spouse uh, or a fa another family member or a friend. Oftentimes, well, you know, we, we, you talked about the, the ups and downs that we've gone through in, in our time period of working as debt-free guys. And, and we have been the, we've been at the, the opposite ends of the rope sometime. You know, one <laughs> of us is pulling the other one up when, when we're down, you know, and so, or pushing the other one up in front of us, you know, so, <laughs> right. and that's what those, the, the, those support systems can really do for us, whether it's, like I said, it's a friend, a, a family member, whomever. It, yeah. It's especially beneficial when it's a spouse, because, you know, when you have, when you're lying in bed and you're thinking about the day, the fears of tomorrow, being next to the person you love and being able to share those fears or express those concerns and have them hold your hand and say, we can get through this together is one of the best yeah. feelings in life. You know? And I think that's, sure. 
I think, it's, I think that's one of the reasons why, as a community, we've fought so much for recognition of our of our relationships is because exactly right. we want that kind of relationship that like <laughs> everyone else does. <laughs> yeah, and we already have them, right? We already have that supportive spouse, but then they're not able to be recognized as right. our husband or our wife. Right. And they deserve that recognition because they're that person in our lives who's been there for, I mean, Ben has been in my life for the past 15 years. And I, I can't imagine what my life would be without him and without his support and without him pushing me when I needed a push or without him pulling me back. Well, he never really pulls me back. <laughs> I'm always the one that's like, no, no. no. <laughs> um, well, it sounds like you and David have great husbands, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Are you uh, <laughs> It happens. It's a pat on the back. <laughs> I do have a great husband. I'm sure you do too. Can I ask you guys, when did you guys get married? Um, we did not officially yet. That's a very contentious topic. <laughs> oh, never mind. I withdraw my question. <laughs> um, I wanted to go out to California um, when it was legal there the first time. David's like, oh, no, Prop 8 will never pass. We're fine. No rush. Well, then it passed. Um, and then... There was another attempt, and that didn't work out. It was again when uh, when they opened it up in California for that very short time period between the the uh, Supreme Court decision. Oh yeah, we thought about going out there, and just, we haven't. And so now, since it's been like the law of the land, we're like, oh okay, now we'll just get to it whenever we do. <laughs> but we found out this will be interesting to you as a tax attorney. Um, our accountant had to. Uh, we had dinner with him a couple of months back um, before he started even started doing our taxes, yeah. and he said we created a whole. Um, uh, kerfuffle, I guess, in his office because he didn't know how to how to to file us because we, we weren't officially married. We didn't do the ceremony, um, so our accountant had to talk to his legal department, and the legal department told him, well, unless we put ourselves out there as husbands or spouses or anything, then it was a non-issue. Well, then I guess that night David made some comment about me being the most awesome husband that anybody could ever have. So <laughs> I posted it on Facebook. And whoops! Saw it. <laughs> so Matt goes into the office and goes to the, the attorney and says, "Well, does this mean I have to file the married?" And the attorney's like, "Yeah." <laughs> so we're domestic. Or no, we're um, what's the uh, common law? Common married. law married. So in the state, we're common law married, so that's how we have to file our taxes. Yeah. So, so I guess for all intents and purposes, we're I guess legally married. We just haven't done the ceremony. So right, right. <laughs> so that's our story. It's been a very circuitous path through here. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I feel like I've heard a lot of your story, but I hadn't heard that part of it. So I'm yeah, glad maybe I got that. About that. Yeah. <laughs> you should. I think that would be really interesting. I would definitely read it. So one last question I have for you before I, I, I want you to uh, I want to talk to you about your what your business is and what you're what you're doing for the LGBT community. Yeah. Um, what what if somebody's looking to make a career change? You're talking to a twenty something, thirty or something person who's looking to make a career change. What advice? Um, do you have a, a, as somebody who's who's in the process of, of doing that now? Uh, be prepared. So do what you need to do to do the research. Make sure that you understand what exactly you're getting into and take your time um, figuring it out. It doesn't have to happen right away. And I think it's going to be more beneficial down the road if you take the time now to do the preparation and make sure that you are ready for what this step is because it's, mm -hmm. it's going to be a pretty big step. Yeah, and that's what I'm getting from a lot of this. It's just put yourself in the position of preparation. You yeah. Know, what, even if you don't know the direction you're going, just kind of keep the door open, whether that's reading, networking, talking to uh, you know friends and family. Just kind of always keep the, the doors of opportunity open so that the, when they come to you, you can you take that You'll be ready. chance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's cool. Thank you for that. Um, sure. 
So I want to talk with you about, we want to talk with you about um, what you're doing. So you're, you started your own advisory business, which didn't take, yes. that's, that was uh, a difficult hurdle to overcome <laughs> legally and regulatorily and all that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, what is BT Financial and what's your target market and what are you, what are you trying to achieve exactly? So my target mar- market are Generation X and Generation Y LGBT couples. And um, I wanted to focus on couples just because that's my experience right now. And that's the with all of the changes with marriage equality uh, and the, the hurdles that we still have to get over with income inequality and um, discrimination at work. And I remember your podcast on coming out at work. All right. those things are still uh, are still very, very pertinent. So I wanted to make sure that I was in a place that could help our community and help the people who are experiencing those changes right now wade their way through it. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I just I'm doing fin- comprehensive financial planning and I'm making sure that we take care of all aspects, not just investments, but taxes, insurance, estate planning, making sure that you have the knowledge that you, you need to have a successful financial life. Right. And just so our audience knows, you know, financial planning is, is sort of a holistic um, strategy. It's not right. just buy sell recommendations for stocks or, or mutual right. funds. It's like you said, taking into account accounts, uh, um, accounting, uh, trust uh, and estate planning, right. um, uh, the whole you know, budgeting, all, the entire gamut of things. Right. It's more than Capital planning, debt management, all of those things go into a full financial plan. Right. I think financial planning has gotten a bad rap. Is it just being about investments and just being about having a lot of um, assets that somebody will manage for you for a fee. Right. Well, and that's why, too, it's beneficial, I think. Um, and I think you had a post about this. Um, you don't need to be a millionaire to have right, a financial right. planner. Yeah. Um, even uh, you know, if you're just starting out your career and you only have a few thousand, it's good to get some, a plan of some sort started um, right. that will evolve over time. But it's, it's good to at least get started. Right. And there are so many things that come up with people who are our age or a little bit younger that run into situations where you can lose a lot of money. Like you right. buy the wrong house, you, you get in the wrong type of investment. Right. You don't realize that you're being charged 2% on your investment accounts be, and, until it's too late. So all of those things and really get you prepared and save you a lot of money down the road for the little money that you're, you're paying right now for the advice that you're getting. Right. right. And do you, are, you, um, so are you just registered in Illinois or are you, do you have multiple registrations? I'm just registered in Illinois. Okay. And from what I understand, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I can have five in other states. So I can have up to five clients in surrounding states as long as they're not – I don't go over that limit. Yeah, I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's from what I understand. State to state be- regulations always confuse me because it's, it's they, they vary from state to state. Um, okay. So it could be that the states that surround Illinois um, might have that agreement. But like California's and, and, and Ohio are both like wacky states. They've got like the most weirdest laws. So and, and Tennessee. Yeah. I always remember yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee because they, they have – their registration costs the are expensive. the most expensive in the country. I don't know why, but Tennessee is. And we, when I worked for a, a, a brokerage firm, they always wanted to make sure, do you think you really will do business in Tennessee? Because if you don't think this you will, expensive. we shouldn't have you registered in Tennessee. Because yeah. it, it was like more than getting registered in like 50% uh, of the other states. It was just ridiculously expensive. But they knew that big brokerage firms wanted to have – Mass Lots, yeah, mass registration. So, yeah. Yeah. so there's so many rules and so many regulations. I was overwhelmed. Like I had never dealt with all of that before and didn't know. And so then when I got a, a part of the XY Play Network, I was like, oh, okay. So someone can at least guide me through this because it's 
so well, daunting. All the rules and regulations, quite honestly, were created by attorneys. So. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> so I wasn't familiar with XY Planning until I started researching your story. Can you tell a little bit about what who they are, please? Yeah, it, it's a network that is pulling up advisors to focus on Generation X and Generation Y planning. So it's helping develop the model for people who um, maybe not have a lot of assets, don't have a lot of income, but still need the financial advice that we've been talking about and giving them a method, um, the monthly retainer method, paying 150 a month or you know whatever the fee is uh, and making sure that they can still have access to people who are certified financial planners and people that will give them client focused advice. Right. And um, it's 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 been a godsend to me because I had no idea how to structure the company and the types of t tools that I needed and all that. It's it's been really really helpful. I have been very thankful for them. Yeah. So you said so clients could um, through them clients could find an, an advisor and put them on retainer for one fifty a month. Yeah, well, I mean, everybody has a different fee. So usually people charge an upfront fee for the financial plans, mm -hmm. somewhere between seven fifty to two thousand, depending on your circumstance. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's a monthly retainer. I've seen some as low as seventy five dollars a month. I've seen some as five, as high as a thousand dollars a month. Gotcha. Uh, the the cost of it really depends on the complexity of your case. Sure. So um, from what I understand and what I think, my sweet spot's probably going to be between one fifty and three hundred a month. Sure. But I think that's, that's, that's that to me that one fifty seventy five dollars especially is 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 great, and I know that a lot sure. of people will balk at that. But when you think about what some people are paying for their cable bill, exactly, that is providing them really very little long term value. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even though you know Game of Thrones is fun, it's only going to take you so far. Right. Where if you could get an advisor who is looking out for your best financial needs on retainer for one hundred and fifty dollars, that's yeah. That's, They're going to save you more more money than you could ever imagine right. for that $150 a month. Right. Just by knowing, having a plan and knowing what you need to do and having somebody there that you can talk to mm -hmm. and work through the financial situation so you don't make really big mistakes. And we've all made them, obviously, yeah. but um, having that person in your corner is, is going to be a real benefit. It's just about prioritizing your spending. Absolutely. Right. Like you're right. You can find $150 a month. Most people yeah, can. You can. Yeah. The advisor should be able to help find that for you. <laughs> yes. Sure I could help that you. could be your first test. <laughs> find my missing heart. Absolutely. So um, where could our audience uh, find you, uh, your website and everything else that you're doing? So my website is btfinancial.com. And then I'm also um, at Twitter at Brian Financial. Also on Facebook, and then also part of the queer money community. Yeah, yeah, I love posting there. So, um, all of those places. Oh, I'm also on LinkedIn. I just I've just started that back up again. Not very good at LinkedIn yet, but I'm also there. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, you've been um, sharing some of your, your your articles, and I think they've been sure. great. And you, you you have a great perspective, and I love how you're coming from it. I always feel like you're coming at it from the husband's perspective, which <laughs> I think is great. And since you're targeting you know couples, yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's obviously very important. So you have a great voice there. I think I, I think queer money is a very powerful thing, and it's going to be a powerful thing. You guys are doing a great thing by starting it up, and as the community grows and as people realize that the importance of having this knowledge and having this understanding, right? It's just going to grow and grow. I'm, I'm so excited to be a part of it. Yeah, you know, we just think. You know, I think coming from our background in the in the queer community, we know that a lot of people especially when we were younger, we paid no attention to our finances. And that's how we got into the trouble that we are. But I, based on the the, re, the interviews that we've done, the market research that we've done, by and large, the community still isn't paying attention to their finances. And so, yeah. like you, our, our goal is to try to make us better positioned financially sure. um, so that we have better quality of lives, but then also so that we can continue to fight for 
the fight for equality because you know yeah. we haven't gotten there yet. Um, it, it'll and probably be a, a never-ending fight, but money helps fund that. Yeah. Right, and I, I think what you guys have said at the beginning, from the beginning, is sharing stories and having people out and seeing people and seeing how diverse the, the queer community can be and showing people that there are people out there like you, there are people in your circumstance, you can do it, they did it, you can do it too. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, and if you can make a career leap from being an attorney to a financial planner, right. somebody else can, can do the same thing or you know something as, as scary as it seems to them. So yeah. um, thank you very much for, for being on the show. We're very right. excited. My pleasure. I'm so excited to talk to you guys, and I'm probably going to see you in a month and a half, right? You guys going to FinCom? Oh, yeah, you're going to be there? I will be there. Oh, awesome. Very That'll cool. be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a good contingency of, of queer pro money pros there. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, yeah? David Ray is going to be there. David Ray has been on a couple of our shows. Yeah. Um, and we know a couple other folks who are coming, so it'll um, we should maybe have a party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm excited to meet you guys in person. Definitely. Absolutely. So cool. um, thank you for um, coming on our show. We'll um, have this uh, posted and pub uh, published um, probably in the next um, week or so. Sounds good. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yep. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of Queer Money. We really had a great time with Brian on this one. We wanted to recap these four great points for you and if you're thinking about switching your career. So the number one important thing here is to remember to leverage your current skills. We all know more than we think we do, and oftentimes we forget the things that we can use at, to our advantage. So take inventory of your skills before you think about switching careers. It actually can help you be more prepared when talking with someone about the reasons why you're making a career change. The second thing here is to plan to work hard and to have no excuses. You're switching careers, you're taking on a new job, and you, you're doing all of this for growth not only personally, but also financially. And that growth will not come without a little bit of effort. The third thing here is to analyze your current situation and be prepared. Remember Brian and his husband? They spent time thinking about not only personally, but financially how this change would impact them, and they prepared in advance. The fourth thing here is don't wait for the perfect time. The perfect time doesn't come, but if you're prepared and plan ahead, you can create the perfect time for yourself. And at that point, you will be able to take the leap and soar in a new career. Thanks again for watching Queer Money. Join us online on the Facebook group. And as always, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Thank you. Okay. We just serviced you. Now you get to service us by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes and signing up for the Queer Money Lifestyle Newsletter at queer.money. Well, I'm not really gay. <laughs> <laughs> it would help me if I had a personal chef made all me all my healthy meals for me. Right. So instead, I'll have a Snickers tonight for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> the other end, I like the butts. So. <laughs> yeah. uh. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.